it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, indeed, it is Fox Across America on the day after Donald Trump surprised exactly no one by announcing his candidacy for the 2024 presidential race. Hello from Texas. It's Paul Gleiser again sitting in for Jimmy today. Jimmy is on his way to Hollywood, Florida, and the Fox Nation Patriot Awards taking place tomorrow night. He'll be joining us in the third hour of the show. But right now, it's you and me at 888-788-9910. In the second hour, we have Arizona Attorney General Mark uh, Burnovich. Uh, The vote count, he's going to tell us the vote count there in in Arizona is sure to be done by Valentine's Day. And then in the third hour, of course, we have Jimmy Fallon. But between now and then, it's you and me talking about what happened last night in Donald Trump's unsurprising announcement. What a surprise that he announced he was going to run in 2024. We waited for what would happen last night with the same breathless anticipation that we uh, feel when we're trying to figure out what Hillary Clinton's going to wear, a pantsuit, which is to say we knew it was going to happen all along. You and I got, you and I talked about it uh, last Thursday when I was here filling in for Jimmy. My wife and I listened to part of Trump's speech on our way home from dinner last night. Did you catch any of it? I listened to the whole thing this morning so I could be ready for this show. And here are my takeaways. I want to hear yours. I agreed with essentially everything that Donald Trump said last night. This country is capable of much better. We can do better than this. We were doing better than this during Trump's administration. I believe that Donald Trump truly loves this country, that he believes in the American people. And that sets him apart from many in our elite ruling class who think that folks like you and me and Jimmy or a bunch of smelly, deplorable Walmart shopping rubes, and we're incapable of uh, making our own decisions as to how we should be governed. It's that condescension of the liberal ruling elite that most gets under my skin. I'm not alone. And Trump did a spectacular job in 2016 of tapping in to the popular resentment of the ruling class. He resonated in 2016. He was correct last night in saying that we are a nation in decline. We are at the moment sliding downhill. Crime, inflation, sluggish economy, tight energy supplies, what we can now only call a national emergency on our southern border, declining personal income, 401k retirement plans that have been clobbered since Joe Biden took office, Missiles yesterday being lobbed into into uh, Poland by Russia. Poland's a NATO ally. More on the implications of that probably later in the show. We have a frisky Kim Jong-un in North Korea. A malevolent Vladimir Putin doing things he would likely not be doing if Trump were still in the White House. Say, like perhaps um, firing missiles into Poland. We have a mounting economic and military military threat from China. We have a, and th- this is the part that's hard for me to take, particularly when I travel abroad. We have a growing worldwide lack of trust in the ability of the United States to shape events as we were once long capable. All of these things, they're all serious problems today. They weren't problems 
during the Trump administration. We had a robust economy during Trump's presidency. We were energy independent for the first time in nearly seven decades. The chaos at the border was largely under control. Kim Jong-un in North Korea wasn't firing missiles over Japan. The Abraham Accords, we almost forgot about them, the Abraham Accords, they normalized diplomatic relations between Israel and the Arab states of Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, dramatically lowered tensions in the Middle East, just historic. There was a huge diplomatic triumph for the Trump administration that had eluded prior presidential administrations of both parties. Inflation, now at an annual rate of nearly 9%, 1.6% when Trump left office. And so that, you know, that brings us to the bottom line about the Trump presidency. For all of the things that one went on, he had a fantastic record. And he has a fantastic record upon which to run, the policy record. He has a, he is, he has a long list of great accomplishments. The Democrats have abortion. So strictly looking at the record, a comparison of Trump's four years and Biden's two years make it a no-brainer. It's Trump all the way. But this is politics, and there is no way you're going to confine the debate to policy. And Trump, let's, let's be absolutely clear, made some huge mistakes following the 2020 election. I'm going to, I'm going to take us back in time a little bit. The youngest you can be today to have voted in the 1960 election between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon is 81 years old. That's the youngest you can be. So most of the people who voted in that election are now gone. But there are real parallels between the 1960 election and the 2020 election. Nixon narrowly lost to Kennedy. Had he carried Illinois and Texas, he would have won. Nixon lost Illinois by just 9,000 votes out of 4.75 million votes that were cast. That's two-tenths of one percent. He lost Texas uh, bigger. He lost by 46,000 votes. But in both states, there was plausible, credible evidence of voter fraud. For example, in Texas, Fannin County at the time had 4,895 registered voters, but somehow 6,138 votes got cast. It was credibly alleged that Chicago Mayor Richard Daley held back votes in Cook County until the late morning hours of November 9th when it was clear how many votes he needed to find in order to carry the county and thus the state for John Kennedy. So bottom line, similar to Trump in 2020, the Nixon campaign had good reasons to contest the election. Nixon was urged by many in his inner circle to do so. He declined, saying that it would be bad for the country. It was statesmanlike. Nixon came back as a result of that in 1968 to win the presidency against Hubert Humphrey. He carried 32 states, would have carried at least two or three more had not George Wallace run as a third-party candidate and carried five southern states. Nixon lived to fight another day and win. On December 8th, following the 2020 election, my own state of Texas filed suit in the Supreme Court contesting the administration of the election in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That suit, it was not well reported by the mainstream media, but that suit was later joined by 18 other states. And I did something that very few people did. I actually read the entire petition. 
It raised legitimate issues that should have been argued before the court. It would have been tense. It would have been messy. It would have been improperly covered by the mainstream media. But in the end, I think the republic would have been better served had the high court actually heard the case. But the court dismissed the case on procedural grounds. When that happened, Trump should have thrown in the towel. There was no way after that that he was going to reverse the uh, the outcome of the 2020 election. He should have, as Nixon did, for the good of the country and for the good of his political future, called it to, called it a day. He should have said, "I'm gonna I'll be here for another day. There will be another election." He didn't. That got us January 6th. He has been constantly relitigating the 2020 election ever since. You know. Trump's shtick in 2016 won him the election. The whole lion Ted and low energy jab and crooked Hillary thing that he did, all of that was necessary, I believe, if he was to overcome the advantages of the establishment and the fact that he was an, a political outsider, a political neophyte. He had never run a campaign before. It's amazing that the guy that had never run for, run for, for a school board ran for his first political campaign for president of the United States and won. It's astonishing. That shtick was all necessary in 2016. I'm convinced that if he had not had that Trumpian shtick, he wouldn't have won. You know, former Vice President Mike Pence uh, just the other day, uh, a couple of nights ago on Special Report with Brett Baer, said it very well. It's cut 10. Donald Trump was the only candidate in 2016 who could have defeated Hillary Clinton. I saw that firsthand, and I, uh, after he won that Indiana primary, I never doubted that he was going to win, and uh, I chronicle that in my book. But you um, doubt it now. But I, I, think, uh, I think different times call for different leadership. Well, yeah, and once Trump won the presidency, he should have dialed that whole shtick way back, when it was, and particularly when it was clear to him, or clear to everyone but him, maybe, that he wasn't going to win a second term in 2020, he should never have turned on Mike Pence. Vice President Mike Pence was as loyal a soldier as any U.S. president has ever had. Turning on Pence was unseemly, and I think it turned a lot of people off. Week before last, I think he made a huge mistake. He should not have demeaned Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. DeSantis, let's give DeSantis the credit he's due. He did in Florida what Republicans were supposed to do nationally. There was a red wave in Florida, and it was led by Ron DeSantis. He deserves a pat on the back from Republicans. He doesn't deserve sophomoric name-calling from the former president. If Donald Trump is to have any shot at winning this race that he has he announced for last night, if he has any shot in 2024, he's going to need to turn himself into Trump 2.0. And I don't think he can, and I think it may already be too late. My bottom line, and I want to hear yours at 888-788-9910, my bottom line is that Trump can count on about 35% of the country to support him no matter what. About 40 or 45% of the country will never, ever, ever in a million zillion years ever vote for him. That leaves about 15 or 20, about 20 or 25% in the mushy middle. 
And right now, Trump does not have majority command of that cohort. And nothing he said last night, in my opinion, moved any of them in his direction. What do you think? 888-788-9910. You know, policy is great. Trump policy was fantastic. This country was doing extremely well during the Trump presidency. But if you want to implement policy, you have to win the election. We absolutely cannot afford to repeat in 2024 what we just had the other night here in 2022. We absolutely have to have a clear, unmistakable win in 2024. I agree with what Trump said last night, that we can't afford four more years of a Biden or a Biden-like presidency. This is this one we have to win. And I think the risks that attended to Trump and the fact that I think Trump has alienated some people that would otherwise, at the very minimum, hold their noses and vote for him, now unwilling to do so given some of the things that he has done in the past two years since losing the 2020 election. I'm not sure. I don't. Matter of fact, I'm pretty. I'm. I am sure. I don't think Donald Trump is electable in 2024, and this is an election we can't afford to win. This is not to say that I'm not a Trump fan. I am. This is not to say that Trump wasn't a good president. I think he was a great president for, on, on a pure policy level. I think his presidency worked, and a whole lot of people did a whole lot better during his presidency than they're doing now. The middle class once again began to grow. Personal income began to grow. The people at the lowest end, on the lower end of the economic ladder, gained faster than people on the higher end. That's never happened before. Black unemployment was at the lowest rate ever recorded. Inflation was low. The the country was perceived around the world as being strong and resolute. Trump had a great presidency. But I don't think he's going to have a great candidacy in 2024, and that scares me for the outcome of the 2024 election. What do you think? You've heard what I think. What do you think? 888-788-9910. I'm not anti-Trump. I'm pro-victory. Want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. He'll be back on the air tomorrow. He's on his way to Hollywood, Florida. It's you and me uh, between now and the, and the next two and a half hours. 888 888- 788-9910. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America continues. Don't go away. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Look, one of these days when I sit in for Jimmy, we'll do a talk show that's not about Donald Trump. But given all that's going on, it's going to be about Donald Trump today. He announced last night he's a candidate in 2024. Um, I, I'm not so sure. What about you? 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Go into the phones right now. Brian in Pennsylvania, you are our leadoff caller. Hello, Brian. Hi. 
Um, I enjoy the show, and I really enjoy when you guest host. Uh, you're very informative. I just want to uh, share that I support uh, Donald Trump's uh, announcement. I'm hoping that DeSantis will be the vice president, and then all of us who like Trump and all of us who hate Trump can sit down and shut up, as they say, and vote for an unstoppable ticket. And I just wanted to comment, I enjoyed what you, your opinion about January 6th and the lawsuit that your state launched. I believe that the, re, the judiciary not hearing those cases is directly what caused January 6th, because the people panicked when rumor had it that Vice President Pence was not going to hear the objections. And that's what January 6th is for, is to hear objections. It's a last resort effort of our system to get it right. And the judiciary failed us. So we're not election deniers. It's that the judiciary failed to hear the grievances. What course does a citizen have? And I, I really think that that's the, the crux of it. And having said that, I, I just hope that the Republican Party will get together. I think DeSantis and Trump on one ticket is unstoppable. What you say? Well, let me start off by saying I agree with you with respect to the dereliction of the court. It would have been messy. It would have uh, introduced an awful lot of angst into the into the national psyche. But I think that the Supreme Court, which is the which is the court of original jurisdiction uh, for disputes between the states. I think the, the Supreme Court abdicated its duty in not hearing arguments in that case. I think in the end, the Republic would have been better served if that had been aired out. And I do not disagree with you that if there had been some actual testimony heard and some actual evidence heard in court subsequent to the 2020 election, January 6th might have, might not have happened because people would have um, had the feeling that they had been, that they, that they had been heard. And the frustration at not being heard on legitimate questions. They're not to say that they, that they were right, not to say that they were wrong. It deserved to be aired. So I completely agree with you on that. It would have served everybody if the court had heard Texas's case. They chose not to. I'm going with respect to my fear. And I'm just going to say it out loud. My fear is that for 2024, you talk about a must win. This is absolutely a must win, and I'm not sure, given all of the of the pig pen cloud of of crap following Donald Trump around, I'm not sure he can win in 2024, and that would be the worst possible outcome. I think it's too big a risk. It's not that I don't like Trump. I like Trump a lot. I like Trumpism, but that's my fear. Brian, good stuff. Appreciate your call. More of um, Fox Across America coming up. Hope you'll stick around. It's going to be fun. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Wanted to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Listen, you know, one of the reasons that Jimmy and I get along so well, we've become really good friends since he joined our lineup on my radio station uh, in Tyler Longview, Texas, KTBB. One of the reasons we get along so well is because we're both coming at the world from the same point of view. We're just amazed 
that we get to do what we do, that we live in a country that is this good and offers this much opportunity for ordinary guys. Jimmy's told you a thousand times his background, a million times his background. He's a taxi driver now on national TV doing a nationally syndicated radio show, living the dream. That's possible in America. I'm a carpet salesman's kid. My dad, my dad would never have dreamed that he could own radio stations, but I do. My dad could never have dreamed that he'd be doing a doing a national radio show, but I'm doing one right now. That's what makes makes America great. Jimmy and I want to conserve that that thing that makes America so great. We live in the greatest country in the world. We we won the lotto. That's what we're about. I'm for any candidate, any politician that will preserve and conserve those things that made the country great. What about you? 888-788-9910. Mike in Texas. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Mike. Hello, sir. Thank you for taking my call, Mr. Geiser. Yes, sir. I've got a question for you. Uh, Uh Well, what would President Trump have to do or change to get your support in this current endeavor? Or is it even possible? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's possible. He would have to cons- he would have to convince me that he's not going to continue to make the same mistakes that he's going to be making. He is he he's like Jimmy does this analogy. He he'll throw you know, three great pitches of beautiful breaking balls across the plate that com- that called strikes, and then the fourth pitch goes three rows up into the stands. That's it's. It's the the verbal wild pitches. It's the name calling. It's the it's the it's the gratuitous and unnecessary attraction of opposition, and 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 alienating those people in the mushy middle that we have to have in order to win elections. Elections are not won by the ideologically committed. The the hard hard Democrats are going to vote Democrat no matter matter what. Republicans. Committed Republicans are going to vote Republican no matter what. You've got that cohort in the middle that's going to make the decision. And for a lot of those people, Trump is just too much. He's just too toxic. He would have to dial it down. I think Trump had to do what he did in 2016 in order to win. But the minute he won the presidency, he should have put on the suit. There's an expression in the White House, in the circles of the presidency, called wearing the suit, where where a man rises to, it's always been men, where a man rises to the presidency and wears the suit. And that's the that's where Trump never got right. And he would have to... Yes, sir, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, I didn't mean I, to interrupt I you. Your, well, sir, your opening monologue was well put. I understand what you said. It, it sounds like... That the, the big shtick you referred to, that he would certainly need to have that were he president in 2024 to fight the tyranny, the injustice, and the immorality, arguably, with this current administration, but that he needs to be more presidential. Is that a fair statement? Fair statement. You know, the thing that, the thing that Republicans got in the habit of doing is losing with amazing good grace. You know, we, we 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 give the most gracious, most eloquent concession speeches in in politics, and you know. So you know, I, I was so angry with um, with Mitt Romney uh, during the 2012 campaign 
when he let Candy Crowley make an idiot of himself in the debate on foreign policy, and he stood there with that idiotic Ward Cleaver smile on his face instead of fighting back and, and putting her in her place, which Donald Trump clearly would have done, and he did not. That sort of milk toast, mamby pamby, um, uh, uh, trying to Marcus Marcus of Queensberry rules by which Republicans have been playing won't win in today's environment. We need some Trumpism. We just don't need it at a toxic level. Yes, sir. Well, thank you very much, sir. I sure appreciate your time. I appreciate you calling. That opens up a line at 888-788-9910. Trucker Dave's in New Mexico, at least he was when he called in. Trucker Dave, you're up. What's on your mind? Uh, still, still in New Mexico. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I just wanted to address, uh, you know, what you said. That you just don't think he's reelectable. And what I think that you're failing to see is that no matter who gets the nomination, if you think they're going to play nice with DeSantis or anybody else, you are totally, totally oh. dreaming. Okay? I don't so think you know, I, I, if you, I don't okay, think that. If you, then, if you, then if you know that, then you should know. Nobody can take the arrows like Donald Trump. Number one, okay, let me just be clear here. I agree with you on the point that he needs to, you know, cool, cool the temperature a little bit. He's had four years. He's had two years to think about these things. He's going to be a much better candidate. He's going to be a much better debater. People are not going to forget he spent a billion dollars of his own money to become president. He did not get paid to be the president or than anybody in my lifetime as president in spite of the attacks and the blows and the shit, excuse me, the stuff that came at him. So people will not forget that. And if it comes down to the general election, the choice between Donald Trump and what are they going to do? Are they going to put Fetterman up now or whoever? The choice is going to be crystal clear. Well, it, it, crystal clear to you and, and in, in, in that situation and, the, and in that light, um, Dave, crystal clear to me. The problem is, what about my neighbor down the street? I'm not going to name any names. A he's, nominal, got, he's got a long time to win him over. He's got a yeah, long time but to the, win him over. You know, he's listen, I would, I'd be more bought into your position, you know, that he learned a lot, that he's, you know, the, that he can modulate it. Had he not just taken an out of the blue for no provocation, no reason whatsoever shot at Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis does not deserve a shot. Ron DeSantis deserves applause from everybody who calls himself a conservative. I would feel the same, say the same thing about what Trump did the other day, uh, mouthing off about Glenn Youngkin in Virginia when Glenn I, Youngkin. I agree. Well, hold on, let me finish. Hold on, no, no, let, let, let me finish. If he has learned something, he should have been should be demonstrating it that he's learned, and, and as recently as a week ago, he's not demonstrating that. That's my concern. Said worse things, and he got over. So, but I think he is reelectable, and 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 if him and if him and DeSantis can team up together, that is an unstoppable ticket, and that'll put us in a great position for the next twelve years, because there is no doubt that DeSantis would follow up with. Eight-year, eight-year term. Because I love Ron DeSantis, and I know everybody else does too. And I was sad to hear what he said as well. 
Uh, okay. I think that I think that people are going to have to just, you know, the people around him, like his daughter and his sons. I think they'll get in his head. Say, come on, Dad, can't do that shit. <laughs> okay, listen, you need to need to talk clean on the radio. This is actually we're on FCC licensed radio stations. But hey, Dave, I appreciate your call and uh, good stuff. And uh, be safe out there. That's. Um, that's a trucker Dave in New Mexico. Let's move to my own uh, very own market where my very own radio stations on the air and John in Tyler, Texas. John, you're up on Fox Across America. Hello, John. Good to visit with you, Paul. Thanks for your comments. Uh, I think Trump made a speech last night that had you never known who he was, everyone would have thought what a choice. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Trump has, is, or will, for the next two years, has the possibility of destroying the Republican Party. Because for the next two years, he's going to take on every other Republican that has any idea of running for president, and he's going to vilify them. He's going to do exactly what he's done to DeSantis and what he did to Yunkin. Uh And I just don't think the man's ego will let him calm down and become presidential. And that's what we need in this country. We need someone like Ronald Reagan who we could all get behind, we could laugh with, we could love him who was somebody we could believe in. Trump ain't there yet, unfortunately, in my view. Well, let me tell you, I think from a policy point of view, we can believe in Trump till the, till the last generation. I think Trump's grasp of what's wrong with the country and how to go about addressing what's wrong, I think his grasp mm-hmm. is complete. And when I would when I would find myself in arguments, debates, discussions during Trump's presidency with people who didn't like him, and I'd say, okay, well, which of his policy positions do do you disagree with? What 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 of on his on his list of of accomplishments and you know, on his policy positions? Where are you out of sync? Well, I tell you, I just don't like the tweets. I said I didn't ask you about the tweets. I said, what about policy and it was amazing to me that the people who really, really viscerally did not like Donald Trump never could tell you point to a single thing on his policy agenda and say they they didn't like it. They could never object to him on policy. He was always on style. Absolutely, I agree with you. But in this day and time, with the people and and the amount of media coverage that has been so absolutely against Trump, he's going to get it even worse for the next two years. Yes, he is. We're, going to hear, we're never going to hear anything other than January 6th, January 6th. Oh, yeah, that, you'll hear you'll you know, hear things besides January 6th. You'll have every liberal attorney general in the United States finding some oh, reason yeah. to sue him. You're going to... Sure. You're going to have, it would be January 6th, his taxes, his real estate holdings, um, go down the list of things that can be attacked and they will be attacked. He will be, it will be relentless. And the thing is, it will be fatiguing. Oh, you're right about that. 
Now, yeah. having having said that, if it's Ron DeSantis or if it's Fred Freebish, who calls himself a Republican, whoever it is, is going to be attacked by the, by the uh, corporate media, is going to be attacked by the Democratic establishment. The, the, the media is going to, going to tear at the flesh of anybody who runs as a Republican. But one thing that is never going to happen, and I keep hearing this, is that Trump and DeSantis as a team, well, I think Trump's it would be I think it would be formidable if you could get I do too. But if you, Trump's ego will never allow him to put somebody on the ticket with him who has as much gravitas with the American conservative movement as DeSantis does. I'm not saying that DeSantis is going to be the guiding light in this next election. But they're never going to be together on the ticket. Trump's not going to allow that. His ego will not let him have anybody that is competent and can get out and do. What was good about Pence for Trump was that Pence was the loyal guy. And I don't think DeSantis can be that, nor do I think Trump will allow him to be on the ticket. I just can't see that. Well, it's, you, you, you can see where those two guys, both both very, very high achieving, both very, very front two inches of the chair guys, you can see where that might have some you know, a little a little compatibility issues. Hey, John, appreciate your call, and uh, you be safe. And Tyler, 888-788-9910. Time for one more before the break. Jerry in Idaho, you're next on Fox Across America. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. What's it like in Idaho today? Uh, it's cold. It's yeah, well, cold. you, but oh, you yeah. guys, you guys understand about that, there, right? Yeah, it's it's going down to I don't know five or seven tonight. It's cold Ooh. today, so Ooh. yeah, it's cold. What's on your mind? Hey, listen, uh, a couple of things. Number one, I want to compliment you. Um, I used, to, I grew up, I, I broke my teeth on Alice and Steel, the Nightbird, during the war. Mm-hmm. And you remind me so much of her. Do you know who she is? No. Okay, she was a radio personality out of California, and she had a, a night show. And during the war, I used to lay in my bunk and just kind of listen to her. And she had a very calming voice. And you remind me so much of her. Yeah, you're nice such you a gentleman say. on. You're such a gentleman on the radio. You're so kind to everybody. And you had me laughing when you were talking about Mitt Romney. I was cracking up. <laughs> I had a brand new TV watching that debate. If it hadn't been brand new, knew I'd have thrown something at it. <laughs> Okay, I've got a, a very sensitive topic, and, and it's about Trump uh, a little bit. Uh, I did vote for him twice, and, and I did I do respect exactly what you said, how he's accomplished so much. I do think, you know, people are kind of fed up with his attitude. It's a New York attitude, and I get it. But, Paul, there's – and, and it ha- this has not been addressed by the media, and I'm so disappointed that nobody's brought it up. And I don't know if it's just something that nobody wants to touch or can touch or knows anything about, but the, I've talked to people in, in you know just around about all of this conspiracy theory and podcasts that are on with all these supposed experts in military intelligence and blah right. blah blah. Yeah, go quick because I'm gonna hit a break. Okay, and I thought Trump was going to come up and and say something to that, but he has disappointed all those people. Now they're not going to vote for him. Well, yeah, that that may be true, and the thing. The, what I keep getting back to, uh, Jerry, is I don't think my neighbor down the street who nominally votes for Republicans is going to vote for him. And if that happens, um, then he does, then he can't win. 
I think he has alienated enough people on the soft margins and has become toxic enough that it's going to be hard for him to, to recover those people and get back in their good graces in sufficient numbers to overcome, to win uh, in, the, in the, the mushy middle that I keep calling it, to win the uh, general election in 2024. And my, my whole fear on that is we can't lose 2024 because he was right last night. We can't stand four more years of this. Hey, listen, appreciate your, your, your kind words, Jerry. Appreciate your call. And um, look forward to talking to you again. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon is on the road headed for Hollywood, Florida to be a part of the Fox Nation Patriot Awards tomorrow night. I'm Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. You know, Jimmy is on the move. Just to give you a little rundown of his itinerary, Friday, December 9th and uh, Saturday, December 10th, he's going to be in Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Comedy Club. You can get tickets if you live in that part of the world at bricktowncomedy.com. Then a week later, on the 16th and 17th, Friday and Saturday, at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And you can get tickets there at summitcitycomedy.com if you want to see Jimmy Fallon and um, and have him uh, be a part of your life one-on-one and in person. Listen, Donald Trump surprised nobody last night. He's going to run for president in 2024. We're going to just have to air that out because it's an unavoidable topic today. want to hear from you at 888 888- 788-9910. Good idea for Trump. Are you going to support him? And here's the key question. Do you think he can win? Because we cannot lose 2024. More of Fox Across America after the top of the hour. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is indeed Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon is on the road. He's on his way to Hollywood, Florida. He's going to be at the Fox Nation Patriot Awards tomorrow night. I'm Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. Incredibly proud Fox Across America affiliate. I'm filling in for Jimmy today, and I'm listening to you at 888-788-9910. You know, I'm, I want to roll the tape all the way back to when when Trump was, was a candidate, was an announced candidate in 2016, And National Review, the conservative publication started by William F. Buckley, put out a special edition that was all about why not to support Donald Trump and how angry conservatives were, many conservatives were about that, me being one of them. Donald Trump gave all those nominal conservatives, those guys who called them conservatives, he gave them everything that they've said they've been wanting for the past 30 years, and yet they they. They came out four square against him. I am all about what Donald Trump did as president. I'm all about the the incredible, just the the resilience, just how thick his skin is and to put up with what he put up with the Russia hoax and the uh, uh, and the, the the idiotic impeachments and and the. Uh, the idiots parading themselves outside of the inauguration wearing hats designed to look like female genitalia and all of the all of the the 
idiocy that went on when he won the election and to take as much incoming fire as he did and to be as effective as yet he was, I admire everything about that, about Donald Trump. My fear, and, and Jimmy and I have talked about this, and he's talked with talked with you about it on the air, and I'm talking with you about it on the air here today, is my fear is that Trump has alienated just enough people on the margins to where he can't get over the hump in a general election. He can't get to 50.1%. He's, he's, his toxicity has reached the point of intolerability to just enough people to where we risk losing in 2024, and we can't lose 2024. I am not anti-Trump. I'm, I'm real, real excited about what he accomplished. Business was good. People were doing better. People, the people that had not had a leg up in a long time were getting a leg up. The middle class was growing again. Real income was growing. American strength was unquestioned. The inflation was low. The economy was robustly growing. America was on a roll. COVID came along and broke that up for the entirety of the world. But America was doing well, and we were roaring back as the COVID lockdowns were being eased. The country was doing well under Donald Trump. I don't have any issue at all about that. My concern is, given the extracurriculars that surround him, he might not be electable in 2024. I want to know what you think, 888-788-9910. We'll go to the phones. Linda in Pennsylvania, a key state. Linda, you're up. Hi, thank you for taking my call. An honor to talk with you. Thank you. As for Trump winning re-election in uh, 24, I believe that if he's not re-electable, he won't even win the primary to begin with, which would make it a moot point. Well, there's, a, there's, good, there's good wisdom in what you just said there, Linda, and I'm not sure he will win the primary. Well, as you said, uh, there is so much baggage that comes with him. I voted for the first time in my life for Trump in 2024. Uh, election. And uh, if he wins the primary and becomes the candidate, I would definitely vote for him again. So would I. But since I'm uh, registered as a conservative, I don't vote in the primaries, only the general elections. Well, okay, I won't get into your strategy there. I think the thing that you, you use your primary vote to either make sure your guy wins or to or to Make sure the other side puts up somebody that you can easily beat. The primary vote shouldn't be wasted, I don't think, there, Linda. But in, in Pennsylvania, I'm not registered as a Democrat or Republican. Okay, um, I got I'm, it. I got it. You have a different system than we have here in Texas. Here in Texas, right. we can vote in any primary you want. We don't register. We don't register to vote by party affiliation. We just register to vote. You can go cast your vote any place. Right. In Pennsylvania, unless you're either a Democrat or a Republican, you don't vote in the primary. If you're registered as an other, which a conservative is considered other, like an independent, I don't have uh, authorization vote. to vote in primary. Okay, okay, I've got it. That makes sense. Okay, but Linda, let me ask you something since you're in Pennsylvania. What the hell happened? Well, how, did no, you guys, I, how did you guys elect Fetterman? It wasn't my idea. I wish I knew what happened. Uh, I have one theory. I think that um, the Fetterman did a good job of, uh, of, of avoiding a debate until a whole lot of cast of votes had been cast. You know, I think I think we should all vote on the same set of information. 
Exactly. And I don't believe in this early voting because I have heard that a lot of people who voted for Fetterman wouldn't have if they'd have heard the debate first. Yeah, we'll never be able to prove that, but it, uh, but it's, uh, it, it, it certainly worth uh, considering. It's plausible. Lend, appreciate your call. 888-788-9910 to Atlanta, GA, another state that is in, uh, in, in focus. Uh, Ezra, in Atlanta, you're up. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Enjoy uh, the fact-based conversation tonight. Hot Atlanta will be 26 degrees. But my my comments, are, a couple of comments and questions for you. So in 2024, the math really works for the Republicans in terms about the number of seats that we've got to defend versus Republicans, which was against us in 22. So 22 really is a victory. But we can't split our team the way Ross Perot did, and we lose. So the Democrats are great at 100 percent voting together, and I agree. Trump is too polarizing. If he's on the ticket, we all vote for him. It's the MAGA philosophy that wins. It's the facts of what he was able to accomplish. And we should be on a local level. This is where I think our leadership has failed us. On the local level, we need to talk about the number of murders in every city, the drug deaths, the gas prices. You know, we're too soon for the green wave they're talking about. So if we can get together, present the facts, and then um, here's a quick you know, comment for you and then my question. So in Georgia, there were 22 seats open. Four of them were um, not contested. So of of all the votes, there was 23 that went Republican. The one that didn't was the Senate seat with Walker. So do we really go 23 out of 24 wins and not win that? So why don't we make – here's a strategy. Why don't they make Trump – Keep his, you know, campaign going, keep him raising money, fighting for the Republicans, but then make a backroom deal, to make him president of the Senate without running or, pre- or uh, speaker of the House. And then we get the extra weight. What do you think? Well, you know, it it is an entertaining thought. Absolutely, Ezra. I mean, can you imagine the howl- the howling would be deafening because people that don't understand yeah. how it works. I mean, it. it, it it's so unorthodox and, and and so out there. It is absolutely what you say is absolutely true. But I, I'm not sure about President of the Senate. I know for the the Speaker of the House, they can elect any. They can elect a dog catcher, Speaker of the House, if the if the Congress votes to do it. I think constitutionally, though, the I may be wrong. Somebody check me on this. I think constitutionally, the Vice President of the United States has to be President of the Senate. But the Speaker of the House, yeah, they can elect Donald Trump Speaker of the House. Can you imagine? Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah, what would, yeah I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great. So that's what I think they should do. Let's stay together as a team, take a lesson from the Democrats, vote together, keep showing the negativity of every all their initiatives, Trump versus Biden. I worked for the Israelis when Trump got erect, elected. They said they weren't always happy about him. Best friend they ever got. So, sorry about you know, that. How little... does, yeah, that's right. So how do the New York area, and I grew up in the New York metro area, how did the New York metro area, you know, Jewish people vote against them? It makes no sense. His philosophies are correct, but the man's too polarizing. Yeah, he is. And I'm again, I'm going to say this for the umpty umpth time, Ezra. 2024 is too critical. It's as critical as we thought 2016 was. 2024 mm-hmm. is beyond that. And we simply mm-hmm. cannot afford to lose 2024. We need to have a guy or or a woman. I'm not, I say guy. We need to have yeah. a person. We need to have a they that can win. 
Well, DeSantos has certainly proven that he's got the backbone to take it. How, to the other caller's point, how I would have jumped out the Empire State Building if I had to put up what Trump did. Just unbelievable the man can take it. So throw him in the dogfight in the House. Well, that's an interesting, it's a very interesting premise. Appreciate your call, Ezra, 888-788-9910. Jimmy in Oklahoma. Jimmy, you're next on Fox Across America. You're taking my call. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I want to let Jimmy know that my daughter and I are going to come see him in Oklahoma City. I was about to ask. Good for you. But that that wasn't why I called. All right. Okay. Because of the real pandemic, the Trump derangement syndrome, I think he is going to have a hard time being elected in a general. But if he runs up until the primaries and lets the Democrats waste their shot on him, and then that's much that that much less power that they have when the primaries come and DeSantis runs. Well, I've got to get that to quit happening. I don't know why it is, but um, say that again because you just got stepped on by my computer, which is behaving badly. Say that again. Um, he's going to run up before the primaries. Right. Let the Democrats shoot their wad against him and waste that much of their ammunition, and then DeSantis will take over, and then the Democrats have already wasted most of their ammunition against Trump. Yeah, I get all of that, but what what are you going to do if um, if he wins the primary? What are you going to do if he, oh, win, well, if he wins I the delegates? For Trump. Trump's policies make him one of the greatest presidents of all time. Anyone who thinks things are better now than they were. No, no, nobody, you know, nobody, nobody sane thinks that, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to, I've heard somebody, I forget who it was on one of the, um, uh, on one of the, uh, the talk shows said that, you know, it's let Trump run and let the people in the primary, let the Republican primary process work itself out and let the Republicans in the states decide if they want him to be their nominee based on based on the completely unscientific work that Jimmy and I have been doing since this all came up he's been doing it I've been keeping score when I've been substituting here on the show I don't think Trump has the votes it's running about 80-20 against Trump among people calling this show well Trump derangement syndrome is just overwhelming yeah but that's not that's not trump of course i would vote for trump right because i agree 100 percent with his policies i do too but what he does personally but yeah but a lot of people do it jimmy here's the here's the thing the people calling this show aren't aren't tdsers they're not trump derangement syndrome people the people calling this show that are a part of this show that are that are acolytes of Fox Across America and Jimmy Fallon and the other conservative talk shows on radio stations like mine that carry this show, they're not affected by Trump derangement syndrome, and yet they are running as we as Jimmy and I've been keeping score about eighty twenty against Trump. That doesn't speak to a lot of electability. Exactly. If you add that into the general election just the general population, it, he would lose. 
or well, I think he would lose. I, and, and, and as I keep saying, we cannot, 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 cannot lose 2024. Jimmy, uh, you have a you have a great day there in Oklahoma, and I hope you enjoy uh, Jimmy when he comes to town uh, next month because he's a lot of fun. We just had him here in Texas. 888-788-9910, Fox Across America with Paul Glasser sitting in. More of the show's coming up. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. You know, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence has a brand new book out. It's called So Help Me God. He was on Hannity last night. He said something that, you know, that resonates with me. I'll see if it resonates with you. Cut 14. Over the last two years, as I've been traveling all over the country, people have come up to me from time to time and said, you know, seeing the way things have gone down here at home. Uh, it seems like we have an administration that's actually intent on weakening America at home and abroad. And people come up and say, do you think we can get it back? And I, I always say, we'll get it all back. And you'll be, you'll be surprised how quickly it comes back. I think that's one of the things that, that we proved, particularly in those first two years of the Trump-Pence administration, was when you have an administration that knows what makes America prosperous and strong and secure, and then you have partners in majorities in the House and in the Senate. It's extraordinary what you can accomplish, but it all takes leadership. Absolutely it does, and the question is, who best now to be the leader in 2024 when we get out of this misery of a Biden administration. 888-788-9910. Jeff in Tennessee, you're next on Fox Across America. Uh, yes, my name is, uh, well, I love the show. I am neither a Democrat or a Republican. Um, I watched the all of Trump's speech last night, and I agree with a lot of what he said, but I'm just wondering what would it take to push the American people far enough to actually vote him back into office? Well, as we as said at the top of the show, I don't know how long you've been listening. At the top of the show, there's 35% of the people that are going to vote for Donald Trump no matter what. I mean, they're, they're, right. they're, he, has, he starts with just a little more than a third of the vote no matter what. The problem is... There's at least that much and probably more on the other side that won't vote, won't vote, vote for him under any circumstances at all, no matter what. And so that leaves like stuff going on with China and Taiwan and North Korea. But but the hard left, the Democrats, you know, there's very few Democrats and certainly the the very far left wing of that party is nothing going to make them vote for him. So that leaves you with about 20 or 25 percent in the middle. And I think Donald Trump has lost enough in the middle to where it's going to be real hard to get him uh, over the goal line uh, in 2024. That's my I fear. I have no fear my of him fear. as a policy man. I have no fear of him. But I, I have fear for his elect- electability. Well, like you said, we have to win. No, we no, – oh, God, we have to win. We cannot have yeah. – if, if Joe Biden is able to to cobble together another presidential campaign, you know, he didn't have to campaign in 2020. Uh, oh, 20. God forbid. 
Yeah, but he didn't have to campaign. He stayed home there in, in Delaware, literally ran the campaign from his basement. Wow. You know, and occasionally would go out and talk to 20 or 30 people that showed up. It, he was absolutely, ex- the, the, the media exempted him from any scrutiny in 2020. And he might, you know, he, he'd have to go out and campaign in 2024. That, I don't think that would help him. Uh, but on the other hand, I think there's just an, I think it's too risky to run Donald Trump in 2024, I think. Unless he can prove to me that he has, uh, that he truly has turned into Trump 2.0, the Trump that has been president once, that would be a different Trump than the Trump that ran that had never been held elective office of any kind. The Trump that has been president once should be a Trump 2.0 and should act like one, and that might be a different thing. I'm just not sure he has it in him. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. We have Mark Vernovich coming up. Don't go away. Well, we're having fun here talking about Donald Trump on Fox Across America. Imagine that. Uh, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy here uh, on uh, on this uh, Wednesday. I was in the, doing the show last Thursday. Guess what we were talking about? We were talking about Donald Trump. He is the topic. Out surprised nobody uh, in a um, in a in a speech that I thought lacked energy, saying that he was uh, going to run in twenty twenty four. Not a surprise at all. On the line right now, we have uh, the uh, the uh, Attorney General from the great state of Arizona, which did not vote for Donald Trump in 2020, did not go for Donald Trump in 2020, Mark Bernovich. General, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going, Paul? It's going good. How can vote count be done by Easter easy, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the one thing that has consistently happened here in Arizona is that we seem to always have a problem when it comes to, uh, you know, counting votes. And this actually, you know, during my first term, there was a Republican secretary of state and we had long lines and all sorts of problems. And she ended up uh, not getting reelected. So, you know, this is a problem that we've had with us for a while, and no one seems to want to address it. And it's unfortunate because this is the 21st century. And I mean, my goodness, Italy has elections every six months, it seems like, and they get the results faster than we do. Let me tell you, I was throwing, I, I filled in for Jimmy last uh, last Thursday. I'm uh, coming to you from my own radio stations, KTBB and, and Tyler Longview, Texas. Um, I was throwing shade at you guys uh, last week after the uh, the election on Tuesday. But I said, I live in a state of 29 and a half million people, and I knew who had won the election before I went to bed Tuesday night. And you guys have 7.1 million people, and we still don't know. And it's hard well, to understand. Yeah, well, let me tell you something, Paul, and I think this is really important for you and everyone listening. I am not the Secretary of State. I am not the county recorder. I don't run elections in Arizona. What I, I do is I kick out. No, no, I just I want to make sure because people call our office. And they're like, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, when you, when you just said, oh, well, why aren't you guys doing more other elections? Look, I, I can't answer for the incompetence of someone else. All I know is I my job is to wreak havoc in the courtroom. And whether it was sued, suing Joe Biden over sending Title 42, whether it was filing the first lawsuit over the unconstitutional vaccine, mandates, whether it was arguing Bernovich v. DNC 
at the U.S. Supreme Court last year myself, and I won, and that case said that states can enact common-sense election integrity measures. So what I do is I use all the tools in my toolbox to make sure that we have a republic if we can keep it. But as far as what election officials are doing in Arizona, look, I can't answer for them, and I can't figure out myself as a lifelong Arizonan why it takes so long to do elections here. And as I said, I've actually made this joke over the last week. I don't know why we just don't get the, the Florida election laws and just copy all those and delete Florida and put Arizona in there, uh, because in Florida, they seem to get the results within 45 minutes after the polls close. No, they do a great job. We do a good job here in Texas. Well, let's pivot. Let's move yeah. to something about which you are yeah. you are absolutely in the big, hot middle. I want to play you a piece of audio from uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, um, who says as follows, cut 16. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. What do you have to say about that? Well, there are uh, lies. You know, more than Mark Twain say, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. I just think that any time anyone, whether it's the president, whether it's the vice president, whether it's Secretary Marcus, every time their mouth is moving, they are saying something that's factually incorrect. And I think that's because in Joe Biden's mind, the only crisis at the southern border is that he can't get more people in. And I do think that America is being overrun by the cartels. And um, Secretary Mayorkas has to know that by any objective standard. I mean, look, Paul, I mean, we get numb to the numbers. So I always try to explain to folks that let's just just look at the numbers, statistics. More than 230,000 encounters just in October of this year. That is like the entire population of Richmond, Virginia. I mean, last month, it more than 220,000 encounters. It's like the po- population of Baton Rouge. And just this month, I mean, there was more than 64,000 gotaways. I mean, uh, you know, where do, where do the Dallas Mavericks play? You know, Donchitz, where do those guys play at? What's the arena called? The Mavericks Arena? Um, it's, called Ameri- it's called the American Airlines Center. Oh, well, I'm sure there's always delays then if it's called an American Airlines, but um, <laughs> the, the right. but, but but just to put it in context, that's like every month three times a capacity crowd there at the arena that are gotaways, and these are the people that are like you know mostly younger males, 21 to 35, or in camouflage. You know, we have no idea where they're going because we know that most people can just cross across the border and Mayorkas and Biden are letting them in. They're giving them, you know, the toughest decision they're facing is, you know, whether they want a single or double bed in their free room that the taxpayers are paying for and they get free airline flights. And you've got so you've got, you know, 200 plus 200 plus thousand of those folks coming over a month. But then you also have 64,000 gotaways that are you know, evading capture, that are wearing camouflage, that mean us harm. So, I mean, this is a crisis just in raw numbers. And then, and let me just, if I can add one thing, Paul, is that just this fiscal year, just this fiscal year, more than 14,000 pounds of fentanyl, just fentanyl were seized on the border. That is literally enough fentanyl to kill every one single person in the United States. That's what we are dealing with. And that's why when you see these numbers of 100,000 Americans dying last year of fentanyl and drug overdoses, this we are people are dying as a result of the failures of Mayorkas and Joe Biden. Well, listen, you know, one, one more number. Since Biden took office, we have, we have been invaded by uh, the, a number of illegal immigrants, almost the population of Dallas-Fort Worth. 
Yeah, so, I actually, th- yeah, I mean, it, once again, it's these numbers are astronomical. We start, we start to lose sight of them. And one of the things that I remind people, look, I, I'm a first-generation American. Um, when people don't want to come to the United States, that's a problem. But the reason why this country is so great is because we have the rule of law and we have a process. And it's unfair to so many people that have done it the right way and done, done it, uh, you know, where they've assimilated into the country versus what we're seeing now, where it's undermining the rule of law. It's chaos. And most importantly, this is empowering the cartels. Because remember, it's not just the drugs coming across, but the cartels are making thousands of dollars off every single person that crosses our border. So we are enriching the cartels, we are empowering them, and that means at some point we risk the danger that Mexico is going to become a failed state. So this is a not only a public health and safety issue, it is a national security issue. Attorney General uh, Mark Burnovich from uh, Arizona is our guest. So let's, l- l- let's just take the next step. What are we going to do about it? And what can you as the AG do uh, in Arizona where you sit right there on the border? Well, what I have consistently tried to do is raise awareness to this issue. And two, and maybe most importantly, is I have been in the courtroom fighting hard. And whether that was suing Joe Biden's over his failure to build a border wall, whether it was suing the, the federal government over the Remain in Mexico policy, whether it was suing Joe Biden to stop him from rescinding Title 42, whether it was me going to the U.S. Supreme Court and personally arguing over the public charge rule. And this is the policy where Joe Biden wants to give, you know, welfare benefits to people that are not in the country illegally, that, le- that are not in here legally, which I think will incentivize and create more opportunities for people wanting to come across here. So I have been doing everything I can in the courtroom. And the listeners may remember, Jimmy and I, talked about this earlier, Paul, this year, that I wrote an opinion in February saying that what is happening at our southern border constitutes an invasion. Yes, you did. That empowers empowers people like Governor Abbott, who just, you know, recently, um, you know, took that up to make sure that the states are doing everything they can. And it, it, shouldn't ha- it shouldn't have to be this way. The state of Texas, the state of Arizona, shouldn't have to be spending billions of dollars to secure our border. It's the federal government's job, and shame on the Biden administration for not doing so. So I'm going to keep doing everything I can to bring attention to it, and I'm going to keep doing everything I can to make the legal arguments in the courtroom, outside of the courtroom, as to why what Joe Biden is doing is unconstitutional and dangerous for America. Much attention was brought to it, uh, uh, Mark. Much, much attention. It, it took up an awful lot of time on on this show, an awful lot of time on the other talk shows, an awful lot of uh, awful lot of ink uh, on the internet and in the in press. We talked about all of the issues and calmly assumed that Americans would be sufficiently exercised over them as to make a real statement uh, on November eighth with respect to the midterm elections, and yet. It didn't happen. Why do you think? Well, I think when we have candidates that can stand up and articulate and defend conservative values, we win. And look, in 2018, I ran and I had people like Tom Steyer spending millions of dollars attacking me. I was outspent, and yet I still got more votes than Kirsten Sinema, Martha McSally. And that's because when I was attacked and when I would stand up, I'd say, look, this is what I believe and why I believe it. People want to be able to live in a 
country, in a state where they can afford to send their kids to college, they can live in safe neighborhoods no matter where they live in, you know, Texas or Arizona or anywhere else, and they can afford to pay for their gas and their groceries. And so we as conservatives, when we talk about individual liberty, the rule of law, economic opportunity, we win elections. But when we start trying to relitigate what happened two or four years ago, sometimes I think that comes across to voters as, as whiny and not proactive. And so when we have that positive vision, like, you know, Ronald Reagan and Jack Kemp and those folks used to articulate, um, that's when we win landslides. And so I think it's important for conservatives, for Republicans, to understand that it shouldn't be about just getting to 50.1%. It should be about standing up anywhere and everywhere and saying, this is why the rule of law is important. This is why economic liberty is important. This is why individual responsibility is important. And when we focus on those broad topics and the ramifications of them, we win. It's as simple as that. But when we have candidates that want to, you know, that are angry and want to relitigate what happened in the past, that's when we have razor-thin elections or we lose elections. I mean, and think about this, Paul. And look, Ronald Reagan... Midterms historically always favor the whoever's not in power. 1982, Ronald Reagan, the Republicans lost seats. Uh, Bill Clinton's first reelection, they lost 50 plus seats in the House. Barack Obama, the 2010 Tea Party wave, lost more than 60 seats. So I mean, this should have been a wave election because people can't afford gas, they can't afford groceries, and it's not only economic security, it's border security and security in their own neighborhoods. And I just think as Republicans, we didn't do a good job focusing on those issues. Um, and instead, we're looking backwards instead of forwards. Okay, but Attorney General Mark Bernovich from Arizona, you, you you you've opened the door a little crack there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through it. The the the, 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 the person the, the the person that comes to mind when you talk about relitigating uh, the 2020 election and relitigating the past, there's one guy who comes to mind. He was on TV last night. His name is Donald Trump. What about him going forward? Look, I, I used to tell people all the time, even when Donald Trump was first running or when he was saying stuff during president, that if you want to know what I think and I believe, I will tell you. But if you want to know what Donald Trump or anyone else or any other elected official is saying, go talk to them. But I will tell you, when I, I was running, I was, I'm still the attorney general, but I was running in a Senate primary. And, you know, I spoke to President Trump and I told him flat out that if you believe in low taxes, low regulation, confirming great federal judges, energy independence, a strong military, the rule of law, you know, someone like myself who's been a gang prosecutor and, you know, worked at the Goldwater Institute and been a, has been a proactive attorney general, then I'm your guy. But I am not going to relitigate 2020 and, you know, I'm not going to say something as a prosecutor that I can't prove or I don't believe. And if that means that he's going to endorse somebody else, then so be it. But I feel like I stood for my principles and my values and, you know, I can, you know, sleep well at night. I live in the greatest country in the, in the world. I got a great family. I got the same friends since grade school. And so I'm going to keep doing what I think is the right thing in the right way and focus on what I call my positive vision for the United States and not worry about what anyone else is saying or doing. Okay, but we still, we still, if we <laughs> love that, love everything you just said, but we still got to make a decision. Are we going to support Donald Trump or look for somebody else in 2024? 
I think you got it. It, it. The question always is, is, okay, what are the options and what can we do to ensure that we have a, you know, a principled conservative running against a radical leftist? And look, I don't know if Joe Biden's going to run for reelection or not. And I, and I think that America is being overrun, not just by the cartels, but by the leftist radicals who've taken over the Democratic Party. And we know that this was a critical election. Republicans should have picked up many more seats in the House. We should have won Senate seats. And so I think we all need to reflect. If, if you're a, a Republican, you need to reflect on what can we do going forward to make sure that we have the best candidate that can articulate and defend traditional Republican values of, you know, law and order, you know, a individual liberty, a strong economy that provides economic opportunities to everyone that will ensure a rising tide that will lift all boats. And I think the Republican voters will sort out, like, okay, um, who is the, the best person to do that? And I will say one thing, Paul, and I'm, I'm look, I'm, I've never, I don't, I don't endorse people or whatever, but look, we, we are fortunate, I think, if you're Republican, there's people out there like Ron DeSantis. Greg Abbott. I mean, there are a lot of candidates out there that I think are principled rule law conservatives. And obviously, you know, President Trump is very still popular in the Republican Party. And I think the primary voters are going to have to decide which candidate going forward it, it can articulate, defend, and also, most importantly, not only win a general election, but ensure that we have a Republican majority in the House and Senate. And so that's what I hope Republican voters are thinking of. They're not just thinking about one person. They're thinking about the party ideas and principles and what is the best way that we can you know, move forward with these values. And one last thing, I remind people all the time, look, I loved Ronald Reagan. I voted for Donald Trump. But Ronald Reagan, when he ran in 1980, against Jimmy Carter. He was the one that used to talk about making America great again. So, you know, these values we talk about now, and I mean, those are Reagan values. I mean, Donald Trump didn't invent the modern Republican Party. No, he did not. But I tell you what, I, I'm going to give him give him this much in the 20 yeah. seconds we have left. He he had, on a, from a policy perspective, an incredibly yeah. successful presidency. He was the most conservative president since Ronald Reagan. That, we, that, he was every, without a doubt. everything we yeah. wanted, and yet we're we, yet we we're, we have questions about him, and and we're not solidly on board saying yeah 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 you're running in 2024. There's a whole lot of that. It's an interesting position to be in a successful presidency, yet you know not as much enthusiasm as you'd think. Attorney General Mark Burnovich from the great state of Arizona. Thanks for being part of the show today. I appreciate. Thank it. you, Paul. Thanks for having me on. You you have a great day. 888-788-9910. More of the more of Fox Across America is coming up. Don't go away. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. And I want to hear from you at 888 888- 788-9910-888-788-9910. Also want to tell you, I write a weekly column at a, at a website called youtellmetexas.com. We call it that because I say what's on my mind and you respond with what's on yours. You tell me. Youtellmetexas.com. You can subscribe. Love to stay in touch with you that way. Coming up in the next hour, let's pivot this just a little bit. We've been talking for the first two hours about Donald Trump, his announcement last night, going to run in 2024. No surprise. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? But let's say, okay, it's a bad idea. Then what about 
who next? Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it Trump versus uh, Ron DeSantis in a primary cage match going forward in um, in uh, 2024? Let's talk about that. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in from, uh, for uh, Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. we got one more great hour coming up. Hope you'll be there for it. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. It's the big third hour, last hour of the show today. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Jimmy will be on the air tomorrow from Hollywood, Florida. I'm filling in today. Jimmy will actually be on the air with us later this hour. Uh, checking in to talk about what we've been talking about. Meanwhile, I want you to check in at 888-788-9910. So, you know, Ron DeSantis, you know, Ron DeSantis became governor of Florida in large measure because of the help that he got uh, from from none other than Donald Trump. Donald Trump helped pro- help propel uh, Ron DeSantis's very narrow victory in Florida in his first term. He did not have a narrow victory in his re-election bid last Tuesday night, a week ago Tuesday. He had a huge win. There was a red wave in uh, in Florida. This, the red wave that didn't happen across the United States absolutely happened in Florida. DeSantis mopped the floor with former uh, governor of Florida and former Republican Charlie Crist. He won Miami-Dade County. That hasn't been done by a Republican except once. It, 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 nobody thought it could happen. He won suburban women. He won. Uh, he won among uh, Hispanics. He absolutely had a great night. He's forty-four years old. He's thirty-two years younger than Donald Trump. Um, he has become a force unto his own right in the Republican Party. He has real support behind him, and he has poll numbers that are rising to rival those of Donald Trump among Republicans. Ron DeSantis' star is rising and rising rapidly. So Donald Trump turned his fire against uh, against DeSantis week before last, referring to him in what I thought was a sophomoric insult, calling Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious. And I thought that was an unforced error by Donald Trump. Donald Trump sees DeSantis, and I think quite accurately as a potential rival for the 2024 uh, Republican nomination. So finally, DeSantis was put in a position where he had to respond. And here's what he said. Cut seven. When you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. All that's just noise. And really what matters is are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people, and are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. Uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Okay, that is a Ron DeSantis response to incoming fire from Donald Trump. Do you imagine Donald Trump's response to incoming fire from Ron DeSantis would be as measured? Answer, no, I don't think so. I think... Donald Trump would have unleashed a bunch of Trumpian name-calling. And maybe that's what stands in, in Donald Trump's way for a second, a third campaign and a second term as president. I think people are going to respond more to 
what DeSantis said. What do you think, the, the, the DeSantis style? What do you think? 888-788-9910. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Mississippi, and let's talk to Mike here on Fox Across America. Hello, Mike. Well, how are we doing today, Mr. Paul? Doing all right. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind, Mike? Well, I had to break out my notebook <laughs> because <laughs> you talked about a lot of baggage. Anyway, yeah. the whole my, my whole point that nobody's even talking about is how mail-ins impact the electorate. Yeah, I agree with you. They do. Okay. Well... Why is nobody talking about that? Well, I, you know, a lot of people actually are talking about it. Here, the the fact is, but I but I hear nothing from your end. Okay, well then, then let me fix that. You being the media. All right. Well, l- let me fix that. I've talked about mail-in balloting a lot. I'm opposed to it. I think it. Jimmy Carter you know, did a not not not, re- not relevant. Not relevant. It doesn't matter whether or not you're for it. It's the fact that it occurs. Yeah, but let me finish. Let me finish the thought here, Mike. Jimmy Carter said when he was conducting, he was involved in a in a study of electoral integrity in the United States. He said that mail-in balloting poses the greatest opening for for uh, electoral fraud, and I agree with him. And I don't like mail-in balloting. I think it's a bad idea. I will take the same position that several people have taken. Sean Hannity has said on his show that Election Day ought to be a holiday. We all take the day off and we all go vote. And we count the votes that night and we decide who won. That's what we used to do and I think that's what we should do. I think there should be limited availability for absentee voting like there used to be. I think we should all vote at the same time on the same set of information. Having said that, I don't think we're going to be successful in making mail-in balloting go away. So Republicans are going to have to adapt to its presence and figure out a way to work with mail-in balloting. Because I just don't think in blue states in, in run by blue legislatures and blue governors, I don't think you're going to be successful in getting it to go away. I think it's a fact of life. I, I, Unfortunately, know, I, I 100% agree. But 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 your point is the Republicans can do something about it. No, I've never said that. I think the Republicans were. You just said that. What? No, I didn't. You just said that. You said they have to adapt. Well, they're going to have. They're going to have to. They're going to have to adapt their campaigning style. You're going to. There's who things control, that you can do. You can. You can. You can. Who, you who, can, controls, you, who controls the media? Okay, look, Mike. If you're just going, if you're going to get mad and yell, we'll just we'll just move on. But let me tell you what: what Republicans can do, they can insist on debates that don't happen until the until mail-in balloting has started. Because right now we're right now we're having we're letting we're letting a lot. We're, or I should say we insist on debates before mail-in balloting starts. Because right now we let a lot of votes get cast, and then we have a debate. You want to know who won from that? John Fetterman won from that. And that's a Fair I, same same set of facts. If everybody had voted on this, voted on the same set of facts, uh, I don't think John Fetterman would have won. So yeah, it's a real problem. There's no facile, easy talk show uh, segment solution to it. It got it it got in under the tent. It got expanded during COVID when we were busy trying to keep everybody from getting sick. That and, was and now uh, you just drove you just drove it to the crux and why it happened. Yeah, COVID. It, it, COVID enabled it absolutely. Way in in a handful of states. Yeah, the handful of states that you know that are going to, in most cases, going to go blue anyway. But Pennsylvania is an example of one. But Georgia's in, but Georgia cleaned up their act. I mean, 
Georgia's done better, but there are places where where mail-in balloting was clearly the opening necessary for a for a for a deep blue county in an otherwise bluish state to make the difference. I mean, with the 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 margins on Donald Trump's loss in 2020 are so thin, 46,000 votes over three states out of 150 million votes cast. You know, again, I'm not even driving this to Trump. This is all about the Senate. I mean, well, okay. At the end of the at the end of the day, I mean, Trump can't win, and and I am a 100 percent DJT fan. Okay. So so my point is now the Senate is lost, and and we both know the Senate is the most important. They they drive the judiciary, correct? Yeah, that's where that's where all confirmations happen. Advice and consent and, of the Senate, absolutely. And, and so so once you've lost that, then what? Well, you have a you have a real problem, Mike. Listen again. I don't think we're going to solve it here on a talk show, but I will agree with you that mail-in balloting is a problem, and I don't think it should have happened. And I, for once. I found something with, with with Jimmy Carter and I agree on that mail-in balloting poses the greatest opportunity to commit fraud of all the ways you can commit fraud in an election. Appreciate your call, Mike. 888-788-9910. Shelby in Virginia, you're next on Fox Across America. Hello? Shelby, you there? I am. Hello. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. What's on your mind there in Virginia? Where in Virginia? Where? I'm in the Cushionsburg, Virginia area. Very good. So uh, what are you thinking? I am a person that, first of all, I'm a Christian, and I'm seven decades old, and I used to be a Democrat. I stood beside uh, John F. Kennedy and uh, sorted papers with him. And my mom was a Democrat all the way, but we don't have a Democratic Party now like we used to. What we have is an asinine, self-serving group. That's led by communistic domination, and they're demeaning our country. When did you make? When believe, did you make the switch, Shelby? Uh, Obama, when she he sold our um, give money to a terrorist country okay. that and that would build bombs and stuff to destroy the innocent. Okay. I do not believe in, that we need to be behind something like that, and I don't believe he is he came in as a fallacy in sheep's clothing. That's what Obama was, wolf in sheep's clothing, and he's behind the communistic domination. And if from that day forward, our country has gone down. Now, I do believe that each one of the leaders, the one in the Florida and in Virginia, they're good people, but I don't think they have the grit behind them to survive this evil that's in that left-wing party now. I believe they should get behind Trump. I think they should come together as one. And I believe if we do that, we will have a a courageous group of people together. Our Republican Party is divided because people do not stand with each other. There are some in this group that are demeaning and dissolving of the Republican Party. The one that give all that money to a left-wing person to win when it was our Republican money, 
and you know who I'm talking about. No, I really don't. Who are you? Who are you talking about? A senator. The senator who's supposed to be. The, uh, a oh, sen- you're talking about uh, you're talking about Mitch McConnell. McConnell, yeah. You're talking about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell okay, yeah. Well, there's, a, there, there, there's great criticism. Of, the great cr- criticism of Mitch McConnell for for making a, a bad deployment of assets, putting money where it didn't need to go, not putting money where it needed deployment. to go. It was a direct deployment because he is working for the left wing to keep himself where he wants to be till he gets ready to retire. Well, He's not for our American values. Uh, well, he yeah, is. Yeah. I I don't know if I'll go he that was. far on I don't know if he I'll go was. that far on 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 the turtle, but I will tell you that you know I think Mitch McConnell does pose some challenges for the Republican Party going forward. Shelby, appreciate your call, eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Time for one more, Jeff in Alaska. You're next on uh, Fox Across America. Jeff is gone. Tim in Maryland, you there? I'm here. Tim, you're up. Okay, well, let's uh, look at facts. A, we wouldn't be having this discussion if it wasn't for Donald Trump uh, taking the presidency. We wouldn't even be talking about who was supposed to win this. All these people that have crystal balls that say, oh, we should have had 40 more in the House. We should have had 60 more. No one has a crystal ball. At the end of the day, it boils down to a little bit of what this lady just said. Number one, Mitch Melktoast is a ridiculous, ridiculous person to even be considered as a leader of the Republican Senate. He's a joke. People need to step up and say the facts. That's he one. got he got okay. Let me let me let me uh, devil's advocate. Hold on, hold on. The devil's advocate. He got you three really good Supreme Court justices. What do you mean he did? He, he, listen, he stuck with Kavanaugh. He got Kavanaugh through when a whole lot of, of, of Senate majority leaders who, who, would have cratered. Who appointed Kavanaugh? Trump did, but, but uh, okay, Trump could okay, appoint him so all day. It, it was up to me. It was, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not in the tank for Mitch McConnell, but I'm going to give him credit. He got Kavanaugh's confirmation done when just about any other majority leader you can think of would have cratered. And I, you got to well, give him props for it. Once again, once again, your opinion. Let's look at another fact. You talked about Fetterman. Who in the right mind with an IQ above 90 would pick Fetterman over a cardiovascular surgeon? Who? Nobody. Who and how Fetterman got elected is going to defy my understanding for the rest of my life. Fetterman um, got elected because of corruption and because Oprah Winfrey makes an appearance and Barry Sotero makes an appearance posing as Barack Obama because now that works as, okay, the half-white guy shows up and does his game. And then all these inner cities, 3% of the landmass voted to put this man in office over 97% of the landmass in Pennsylvania. These are facts. Yep. I'll give you another fact. of this. Give me, give it, give it, give it, got less how, than a minute. How, give the, it. how the brain works, okay? Let's look at Marion Barry. Gets convicted, shown on film, smoking crack. They put him back in office. He goes to jail. He gets out. He gets elected again. Yep. It, these, this is the issues we have. These are the real issues. We wouldn't even be talking this if it wasn't for Donald Trump, period. He is the one that has ignited America. And if anybody believes these uh, ballot boxes weren't stuffed, I got some extremely moist land I want to sell them in southern Florida. 
you might get some buyers. Tim, appreciate your call. Um, 888-788-9910. More Fox Across America is coming up. Stick around. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Adrian in Texas, you've been patient, got about a minute. Give us your best. Uh, okay, uh, great show, uh, Paul. Uh, I'm going to add a little bit to what the lady said and uh, the gentleman that talked to you last. They got a point in everything, but if Republicans, regardless of Trump, wins the nomination... If they if they're going to tear each other up and tear Trump up, they're going to lose they're going to lose a lot of votes. So they need to stick together, like like the Democrats do. Now all this about Trump being Trump, that's what got him elected, and that's why we like him. He brings out the thing. So so my 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 uh, consideration in all of this is that we better stick together. We got to remember that there was five million more votes in these uh, in these elections. It's just that Democrats have an easier way of winning. With all those mail-in ballots, all these uh, liberal judges that they have that will not accept evidence of any kind, it's a tough, it's tough to beat these people that way. Plus, plus the electoral, I, 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 the, the electoral map yeah. favors, favors the Democrats. Absolutely, now, it now, does. Now, yeah, the media is all in for them. I mean, they're, yes. they're, they're, so, they're, they're so corrupt with them that you, you have to call them if they're corrupt. When Trump says... Fake news media, that's what they fake. They never fact-check Biden. They're always fact-checking Trump. No, How come they don't fact-check Biden? The, you know, there's the, so many re- things that they have the advantage on. Republicans start with a, they start with a given of, of dishonest coverage from the media, no question. So that brings us back to, given all of those facts, and you got about 20 seconds, is it okay. Trump or somebody else in 2024 for you? It's, it's Trump. It's Trump all the way. He started all this, and we're all in for him. It's Trump all the way. One more thing. No, it's no. We, it's, well, it's, it's got to be a fast okay, one thing. Go quick. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Stick together. Stick together no matter what. Stick together. All right. Good stuff, Adrian in Texas. Appreciate your call. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, the man himself, going to, again, for second week in a row, be a guest on his own show. Coming up after the bottom of the hour break. You don't want to miss that. It's Fox Across America. Stick around. Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's traveling, but hey, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to give you some Jimmy Fallon no matter, matter what. Second week in a row, the man himself is a guest on his own show. Hey, man. Oh, you better believe it. Hello from Florida. Tell us all why you're in Florida, Jimmy. Well, the thing about skipping bail, Paul. No, I kid. <laughs> hey, uh, we're down here for the Fox Nation Patriot Awards, hosted by cable news super hunk Pete Hegseth, who I have to say looks very swanky on those billboards outside the hotel. Uh, but we got here, and uh, we got a little award show tomorrow. I got to tell a couple of jokes. It's always nice. Any anytime you can do stand up in front of the executives live, and one joke can end your career. Oh, it's exciting, right? <laughs> Nice to know. Uh, but we're in good spirits. Can I just jump right in? No, because I have a question for you, sir. I know you're the host, and the guests aren't supposed to ask questions. Uh, but 
how is the uh, how is the mood post Mar-a-Lago last night? Because I flew today and there was a mood. Uh, there was you know the Whitney Houston song "I Get So Emotional." Yeah, I know the song. Yeah, Trump's always playing like these Elton John songs. He it should be "I Get So Emotional." I've had two people today. I've either had like you know he's Hitler, he's the devil. How could anyone even support him? And then I had a guy this morning who's like, "We're storming the Capitol. Let's go right now." And I was like, "Enough, Lincoln. You got to go to school." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I tell you what, we had we had more. You and I have been keeping kind of a stick man score on on, mm-hmm. on Trump since all of this since the the, the election night mm-hmm. a week ago Tuesday. Yeah. You and I have been keeping score. It's been running eighty twenty against a, a second Trump run. Little more support today, and the people that are calling that are supporting him. You ask how's the mood? They're grumpy. They're a little mad at me. And maybe oh, a little mad, no. at, maybe a little mad <laughs> at you for even suggesting that Trump shouldn't run. Uh, we've got we've oh, some no. pretty vehement, um, fairly worked up folks. Can I can I jump in, man? You know that scene in um, Apocalypse Now where Duvall goes like, "I love the smell of napalm in the morning." Yeah, like he kind of likes the it. conflict. I love the smell of old school talk radio in the morning. You know, if okay. anyone's listening and they're mad, this is what we used to do. It was healthy. You know, you got mad at the host. You didn't always agree. We laugh. We have a good time. I do like this. And I like that the people feel comfortable enough to be like, screw you, failure, you fat flop. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of that on Twitter. And I, you know, you get a lot of agreements, a lot of laughs, too. But this is what we're supposed to be doing. Do you remember doing this? We stopped doing this for a long time. It was either agree with me or you're, you know, a rhino jackass. Get out of here. But I kind of enjoy that part. Do you enjoy the uh, the smell of napalm in the morning? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, absolutely. This is this is the fun stuff. You know, I I like I like it when people are so passionate that they can't wait to share with you their passion. I, everybody just calling in agreeing, I think it's boring. So I'm you know, I was glad glad to have the repartee. I tell you, I haven't changed my position since you and I were saw each other last week in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't af- listen, we can't afford to lose twenty twenty four, and I don't think I. I I think there's a great risk that Trump can't win. Do you still believe that? I, I, I absolutely do. This is the real concern. You know, when he gets out there, gives the speech, he's saying all the right things. You understand? You know, the border, the, you know, the taxes, the crime, the cops, you know, the get your job back if you were fired for not getting, you know, get vaccinated with an apology. Look, it all sounds great. You know what I mean? But none of that speaks to the people who just hate him. Because they hate themselves. Like, that's the point I keep trying to make for and over again. People are interpreting it as, I'm anti-Trump. I'm No, I'm anti those other people that can't be reasoned with. Like, sadly, they have a voice in the democracy. And Trump could have gone down the escalator last night and said, everyone gets a free puppy and a night with a Swedish bikini team. And everybody would have been like, boo, this guy sucks, you know. I gotta be honest. I would have at least taken the puppy. At this point, I don't want the whole team. It sounds exhausting. No, I can't know, take it. I'm, I'm past yeah. my prime. I couldn't do that either. <laughs> but l- l- I tell you, the thing the thing I keep getting back to is I plenty in my circle. You 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 were you were with my wife the other night. You we 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 know each other. Plenty in my mm-hmm. social circle are are n- nominally gonna vote Republican. They're they're not as mm-hmm. They're they're not as one. They're not as well informed as guys like you and me who do this all day or really plugged into the issues. And number two, they're just you know they're not as conservative. But they'll nominally vote for a Republican over a Democrat, except they just mm-hmm. can't can't make themselves vote for a guy who is um, who is as strong yeah. and as garlicky as Donald Trump. It's a, it's a lot. You know, the one thing Bill Hammer said when he was on the show yesterday is he said. 
you know, everybody kind of acknowledges the math right now, but the world, world events can change the math. Meaning if it really looks like China is encroaching out there and Taiwan and now all of a sudden the thing in Ukraine escalates and it really does appear like Biden's getting rolled, you could see America, if it's in a defensive posture on the world stage, turn to Trump because they actually do want the strong man they all think is a little nuts. Like Dan Rather, think Dan Stanley, Rather came out. Dan Rather came out and supported George W. Bush after nine eleven. So yeah, you're right. That. Yeah. So I, I'm not wishing for catastrophe. I feel like we've Venmoed Zelensky enough money at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the Ukraine thing. I like you know. I'd like to go take my family on a vacation or something. You know. But uh, that being said, if the world gets messy enough, that's where you do see a market for Trump or somebody strong. So. You know, I'm never sitting here on the air being like, no way. What I'm listening to is what everyone else in the country is listening to, meaning not the people who agree with him, the people who disagree with them, because we have to convince them. That's what I'm saying. So when you watch his speech last night, Paul, did you see anything that seemed like it would convince them? I'm not talking about the never Trump Republican losers that are getting rich off hating him. I'm talking about the other people who aren't rich and they hate him anyway. I mean, if you're going to hate him, at least get rich, right? You and I talked about this. No, I did not see anything last night that's going to move my neighbors down the street. I keep, I've keep i got a picture in my mind of people who who would vote for a Republican, but they won't vote for Trump. And nothing he said last night is going to move them. Okay. I didn't see well, it. Here's the, yeah, now I know. Well, the thing is going forward, okay, he's going to continue to say things. It'll be interesting to see what kind of media heat he gets. Like talking from a, uh, a sports standpoint. Momentum for two years is a really hard thing to sustain. And everyone who gets into the race later now gets to become the new shiny object for the media for at least three weeks or a month. And if, heaven forbid, they catch fire, that also hurts Trump. It hurts him in the money game when it comes to rallying, you know, fundraising, which a lot of billionaires are bailing on him right now. And uh, there are – it's logistics. Like the point I keep trying to make is logistics. Everybody gets mad because, again, it's Trump. I get so emotional with Houston, that whole thing. But it's not what we're talking about. It's like if you got to if, if, if you and me are in a room right now, and we're deciding the presidency and it's Trump or Biden. OK, it could literally mean Baron Trump and we're taking him over Biden. Correct. 100 percent. correct. So that's what every that's what everybody needs to understand. I mean, and again, it could be Trump or Hillary, like me and you were the actual two people deciding the presidency. We would make him president over pretty much anybody you could put out there, like literally anybody. I can't think offhand who I would give the gig over him. Maybe Kim Kardashian, but just for the nude <laughs> selfies at the inauguration, you know. But it's like if you notice – if once you acknowledge that, that's the point we're trying to make to people is that we're not the ones deciding the presidency. So we have to figure out a way. If you do seriously think Trump's the guy and you're passionate enough to call in at Paul and I, then you have to figure out a way yourself to help him with the outreach to the people who won't consider him. Because you can't do it with the baked-in level of support that he has. That's all I've been saying for two weeks. And, uh, you know, I've certainly heard a lot back. But this is a fun crowd. This is like an old school. I don't know why, because I'm not Irish. I'm Polish and Sicilian. But our audience is like an Irish drinking family. They fight. They get back together. They make fun of each other. I kind of enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, so you talk about momentum hard to sustain for two years. I think the smartest guy in the room right now is Ron DeSantis. He doesn't have to do anything right now except be the governor of Florida. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the other thing. He's not even in the room. He's, he's not the in the room. guy outside the room. Yeah. He has the good sense not to be in it. So, yes, he's in a good spot. It's funny. Uh, I talked to 
a lot of Capitol Hill people last night when I was leaving Fox about what do you think is going to go down tonight? You know, a lot of the kids who do press for the congressman and everything like that. And I, I do mean this. Nobody, nobody in Congress actually thinks he can run and win. It doesn't mean he won't. And they didn't think he could run and win in 2016. So I'm granting them that. But I'm telling you, the mood, is a, there's a different thing going on, right? You can almost get society coming through this awkward birth canal of, you know, generational politics, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Trumps, the Bidens. And you do feel a younger generation coming, whether people realize it or not. But I do think that's what's coming. Okay, so how do you see this playing out? Trump's now a declared candidate. What does he do next? Is he what? What happens between now and um, let's let's say the the middle of January? Mm-hmm. What, well, you'd you'd think the, the holidays are going to like. I think what this did, okay, I guess is gets him back into Thanksgiving Day table conversations. I genuinely don't know the strategy. People say like, oh, he's running now. So if he gets indicted, he can make it look like a political prosecution. But I feel like if they were going to indict him, they could have indicted him already, number one. Um, number two, I have no idea what they're going to indict him for because it's all crap. You know, you can't believe Absolutely true. Reporting. Absolutely you, true. None of it. Can't, who, no, I, for, for all I know, they really went to Mar-a-Lago because somebody had the hots for Melania. I have no idea because they've shown me nothing. So that being said, I think the strategy now is obviously the next big splash is who his VP is. But we're so far away from VP. You know, you thinking like when he got Pence onto the ticket, okay, he launched his campaign in June of 2015. Pence arrived on that ticket in the last week of July of 2016. So we're about 19 months away from who the vice president would be traditionally. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing it's Trump and he might want to splash in January, February, maybe he names the vice president. But again, now you've just lost that momentum because everybody else still has a year and a half of naming vice presidents ahead of him. So I, I'm man, strategically, I don't get it. And what I was told last night by the probably one of the congressmen I have on the show the most and not naming names was like once he gets it in his head that he's doing something, he's just doing it. He decided two weeks ago before the midterms he was doing it. They told him, hey, the midterms weren't the best. He was like, I'm doing it. They're like, you want to wait a week? He was like, I'm doing it. And he did it. And here we are. So listen, man, he has a fighting spirit that is unparalleled for as long as we'll have an earth. When you think of the giant, living, breathing middle finger he has been to the establishment, to the naysayers, and to the media, to the late night shows, the fact that he really did come out and get a presidency, like it's, it's unspeakably, it's like profound that, that he got there. We had whole genres of movies about that. He did it. So it can't be denied, and you can't deny him that fighting spirit. But I just I do think there's something different going on. Now, listen, if I'm wrong, I'm going to laugh. This isn't the kind of radio show where I'm going to be like, screw you, you're not my friend anymore. So either way, listen, the point is, if you guys still want to come to these events and buy me free beers, I'm drinking them no matter who the president is. All right. Speaking of free events, first of all, I owe you a big thank you. I'm just going to say it right here on national radio. Last week, you came to Tyler Longview, Texas. You were a huge hit. Uh, KTBB, the radio station you're on, the one that I own, the one that you're on in East Texas, we celebrated our 75th anniversary on the air. You were a big part of it. We had a big advertiser party. You were a huge hit. We had a meet and greet the next day, Friday afternoon. Huge smash. And you made a big difference, and I owe you a big thank you. So, number one, thank you for that. Number two, let's get people who want to have the fun of being in the room with Jimmy Fela up to speed on where that can happen. Oh, man. Well, tomorrow you got me at the Patriot Awards down here at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Florida. Uh, But my next two club dates in stand-up, Oklahoma City, Friday, December 9th, Saturday, December 10th. Uh, Those tickets are at BrickTownComedy.com. Uh, and then, of course, the following weekend, Fort Wayne, Indiana, that's Jenny Fallis' hood ball. So we'll be at the Summit City Comedy Club 
December 16th and 17th, summitcitycomedy.com. Yeah, uh, Ohio is like my Texas, you know what I'm saying, in my family? Yeah. Everybody's armed. There's way too much food. But the Ohioans <laughs> will stop feeding you to watch a football game. The Texans just there's no brakes in the car. I love I love you. I love all your people. But we got to get like at least an old set of disc brakes in that car. <laughs> listen, well, Jimmy, the, and I, listen, you, you've seen I'm powerless to stop them. They just keep coming. <laughs> They were like throwing beer at me, but I'm like, I'm good. It's fine. You got a damn red. And we are we are shipping you the redneck margarita maker that got was delivered to the radio station. That's on the way to you. So you and Lincoln, well, Lincoln, knock himself out. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been waiting by the curb. So tell the boys to step on the gas. Good, good stuff, well, my man. Listen, we'll see we'll see you uh, at the uh, on, on on Fox Nation, and we'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Uh, doing your show from yeah. Hollywood, Florida. And listen, thanks again for being a guest yeah. on your own show. Listen, thanks for booking me. This was not an easy booking to get, let's be honest. This was <laughs> it's, dicey. No, it's a great, it was thanks, a great get. In, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was a great get for me. So good, for, <laughs> good for you for being a part of the show. Jimmy Fallon, there he is, everybody. Give him a hand. Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Back to wrap it up on the third hour here on Fox Across America after the break. Stay with us. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, a lot of fun today here on Fox Across America. Sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, it's Paul Gleiser. Inviting you to follow me in my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com, youtellmetexas.com. I write a piece every week. Invite your comments on it. We, it's a dialogue. It's not a one-way street. Love to hear from you. You can subscribe, make you a part of part of the roster of people who read what's on my mind and share what's on their mind every week. You tell me, Texas.com. So to wrap it all up, Jimmy, Jimmy and I are on the same page about Donald Trump. We both like Donald Trump. We like loved his presidency. Loved what he accomplished during his presidency. And if we and if we don't win in 2024, the borders are going to stay open. Uh, we're going to have the equivalent of a, of a small American city come invade the United States every single month. We're going to Im- import with that small American city an enormous quantity of fentanyl. And, and as a consequence, the number one killer of people in their 20s will continue. Fentanyl, and don't call it an overdose. It's poisoning. That's going to continue. Gasoline is going to still be expensive if we don't win in 2024. Leftist democratic energy policy is antithetical to people who earn their living and are, are working and are, are trying to put food on the table. It When it costs you money more than you can afford to drive to work, it's a problem. The high gasoline prices hurt people in the middle and the lower disproportionately if you're just getting started. High gasoline prices makes the people, white liberals on the coast, feel good about their about their choices, makes them feel good about their electric car. But people out here trying to earn a living can't afford to pay 4 and $5 a gallon for gasoline, and there's no reason that we should. If you don't win in 24, that's going to continue. The same for food. you got to eat. Grocery prices are up a staggering amount. People, two-thirds of Americans now living paycheck to paycheck. you got to eat. When food's expensive, that's a problem. You can't afford gas. You can't afford food. You have a problem. Crime. 
It's going to continue to grip our cities if we don't win in 2024. Crime is a our once great American cities. The 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 city that the entire world looks to, New York City, is riddled with crime. It's not safe. It was amazingly safe under Republican leadership under during the Giuliani years. I go to New York frequently. I was totally comfortable walking around New York. Not so much anymore. Don't win in 2024. You don't get a change in direction in the country. Crime's going to continue to be a problem. So we got to win in 2024. And I love Donald Trump, but you have to worry. Given all of the stuff that goes that you get good with Donald Trump, the bad that comes with it, is he a safe bet to win in 2024, or do we need somebody else? It's not because I'm down on Donald Trump. I'm just worried that he, that his time may have come, and it may have gone, and we need somebody else. Hey, listen, thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. Thanks for making me feel so welcome when I fill in for Jimmy. It's a real pleasure talking to you on the phone and uh, sharing what's on your mind. Uh, Jimmy will be back tomorrow, and he'll be here the rest of the week, so... Uh, Make it a good one with him. Thanks a lot, uh, Josh and Frank, for helping me do the show, and you go make it a great day. Paul Glesher for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Have a great day, everybody. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.